Hey everybody, welcome to Coffee Time with Sirius Voice. I'm excited. This is the second episode of Coffee Time with Sirius Voice, and I'm still not wearing a yellow suit. I am wearing a white shirt. <laughs> it's it's some kind of experience. Um, so I'm excited, like I said, but I want to get right into this because this is a special edition of uh, Coffee Time. And um, we have the Serious People Music Gang here with me, and this is family. And, and um, I don't want to use the word excited. Let's just say um, I'm a little high because this is family. Um, and, 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 and I don't want, I said high. High is a good thing. I could be spiritually high. I, I don't have to be high off of a substance, okay? There are good highs. And I see that constant battle in Maine. <laughs> I look at me in this strange way. Mr. C is like, whatever. Uh, he's just like, <laughs> but I, I'm energized right now. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm energized because we had an experience at our home church. And before I continue, let me just give a shout out to Bread of Life World Outreach. Um, my pastors, Pastor Gail Brown and Apostle Randy Brown, I love you both and appreciate you both. And I love the fact that when the spirit of God moves in church, they don't say, let's continue church as usual. They pause and they allow God to have his way. Am I not correct, Mr. C? And so we always have a great time. Sometimes it's like, oh, okay, we going to worship. You know, like it could be in the middle of the service and, and, and Apostle Randy will say, let's walk around the church and just pray. I need five people to get on their knees. So I appreciate that because I believe that God is not a corny God. He's not a boring God. He's an exciting God. He's an interesting God. So I want to start the broadcast out by just giving a shout out to my spiritual family. I am not a rogue. I don't just travel all over the country and, and don't have uh, any kind of accountability going on. So um, let's just... Let's just leave that out there. And that's an important fact that we will come back to um, towards the end of this interview. But I'm excited because this is the Serious People Music Takeover. So we are going to go into the theme song of the show, the Coffee Time song. And we have the creator of the theme song, Mr. C, in the building with us today. And so we're going to hear from him a little later. So we're going to go into this. I don't know what he's doing on the screen, but we're going to go into the song right now. And when we come back, uh, you will be greeted from everyone from the Serious People Music Camp. introduce the Serious People Music family to all of you. To uh, my right, we have Mr. C. Say what's up. What's up, everybody? What's going on? We have Constant Battle. What up, what up, what up? 
And we also have Maine. What's going on, folks? It's Maine from Buffalo, New York. Bills Mafia, you heard? Okay, he's 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 a Bill. He, listen, no, he just he's are you are you saying that you're a Bills fan? Are, are you saying that you're a Bills fan, a Buffalo Bills fan? See, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because they've actually been playing very well over the past few years. And so uh, at one point, we used to, us New York Cityites, we used to consider them as, you know, sort of like that, not B Used to. Not B team, but come on, let's give them used the benefit. To? Listen, Mr. C, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that they deserve to be looked at and to be respected for where they are. That's all I'm saying. We're not going to talk about the Bills anymore because this is not the Bills show. This is the SPM takeover. Okay. So let's give um, the new signees to Serious People Music an opportunity to talk about their their great experience working with Serious People Music. All right, again, what up, what up, what up for the people who um, are listening and not necessarily watching? It's your man, Constant Battle. Uh, as she said, one of the newest signees to the Serious People Music family. Um, I think it has been a interesting experience and a, a very good learning experience. They're like, all right, cool. Now we get into the stuff that we don't know. This, you know, we learning. We're able to, to increase our knowledge. We're able to get, you know, make sure we have a, a tighter thing going when it comes to music. As to the business aspect, we, we are, we, I don't want to say we good, but, you know, we, we know what we're doing on the music aspect. But on the business aspect, we're able to get a little tighter now. We're more proficient. We're more efficient. And so I think it's been a great learning opportunity. I think it's been very interesting to see how things run on the other side, because, you know, when you're an artist, you just used to how things run on the artist side. But like when you really got to go behind the scenes and see what the, the label deals with when it comes to dealing with, like, say, engineers and sending files back and forth and getting paperwork right and meeting deadlines and all that other stuff. It's, it's been really interesting. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to what's coming next. Uh, doing this deal with him and Serious People Music definitely uh, we've said it before, inevitable makes sense. Like literally all of the good synonyms as far as doing business with somebody that you care about and doing business with somebody you respect and doing business with people that care about you. Um, it's, it's just, it's just good. Like, and I think that, uh, I don't know if it could have come at a better time because oddly enough, like literally one year ago, maybe yesterday, was when um, Constant Battle had the idea to do uh, I'm Rich as a song and everything like that. And things just essentially fell into place the way that they did. And then Serious People Music was like, yo, we know y'all. We care about y'all. What's up with a business move? And it was pretty swift as far as the business aspect goes. The music part of the bit, the music business was more, you know, tumultuous, like he said, but definitely is a great uh, situation for us. I think that um, I want to now pan over to Mr. C because he's the head of Serious People Music, but oftentimes people don't understand um, the behind the scenes or understand um, why presidents do what they do, why labels make certain moves, why labels sign certain artists, or why the label even exists. So I want to ask you, Mr. C, 
Uh, what was your motivation behind starting Serious People Music? Yes, um, before I start answering uh, that question, I want to uh, take the formality or um, engage in a formality and say thank you for having all of us on Coffee Time as an SPM family. I mean, technically, you still could have had any other guests and didn't have to execute this idea. Um, now, I'm going to go back to where it all began. I'm probably going to give away my age, but I'm just going to have to tell people the truth because, um, you know, biblically, a lot of great things didn't happen in two weeks. You know, a lot of great things, and especially in the Old Testament, happened over time. Could have been 10 years, could have been 15 years, could have been 25 years, depending on who it was. So I'm going to go back to 1997. I was sitting in a revival, and the late prophet Kim Clement, and a lot of people would know who that is, um, who's a prophet who likes to, uh, he liked to prophesy over music. But one of the things he said that lit a fire in my heart was um, if God has to use gangster rap to proclaim the gospel, that's what he will do. And I guess the perfect phrase to use in this moment is spiritual impartation. That's how I understand it now. There was something imparted in me um, that said, and I said to myself in my seat at that revival, hey, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I have to be involved in gospel rap. That's what it's called at the time. All right. And a series of things happened. But the one thing that happened was um, I co-founded a group called Holy Ghost Connection at the time. Um, of course, also known as HGC. And um, we had our little two songs we wrote. <laughs> I laugh about it all the time. We had our little two songs. We had our suits on. And that was our trademark. We actually, and I'm not saying we're the only ones, but we always, anytime we did a show, we wrapped in our suits, our shirt, suit and tie. Um, we didn't wear no jeans, no sneakers, no Tims. We always wrapped in suits. And that was the beginning um, of me as a rapper. And the joke is, Fast forwarding from that, um, SV was one edition of the group, and we um, auditioned at McDonald's Gospel Fest. So I'm, I'm just cutting because, I mean, this is, this is actually an important factors um, because for me, it was, uh, you know, I'm speaking from my individual. At the time, it was four of us. It was myself, Sirius. She's known as Sirius Voice today, but she was only known as Sirius at the time. It was another couple that was the, like, the, the later edition of HGC. We auditioned at McDonald's Gospel Fest. And we tore it up with the song that we did. It was standing ovation. Not a single person sitting down in the house. I'm like, oh, snap. We about to get selected to be finalists at the McDonald's Gospel Fest. One of the organizers put his hand around her, walked away with her, and was like, according to what she told me, um, you got something special, but you need to get rid of the rest of the people in that group. <laughs> he was like, no, he verbatim. He said, you got it, but you need to get rid of it. <laughs> Now, so, mind I, you, I didn't tell the other two people. I told him, mind you, I'm stressing. We <laughs> tore as a group. We tore it down. Everybody in the place had standing ovation. So I, it, when I found out after the fact what she told me, I was like, I don't understand. Everybody loved it. But you know what happened at that time? Because for uh, several years, I was trying to get HGC off the ground and get us going, and nothing was working, you see? Now, what I learned, two things. What I learned is that, number one, God will let you start something for whatever reason before he redirects you for what he really wants you to do, okay? Number two, the most important thing to answer your question is, in that, in, in that time, I had to reflect, and I came to a conclusion that Sirius, at the time, who's now Sirius Voice, I, I sat her down. I'm like, you're going to be able to take this further than I can. So what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to pour into you based on my knowledge and this gospel rap thing. And I'm going to do my best to inform you as to what mistakes I made, what pitfalls I fell into, so you don't experience the same things. So it began then. And uh, SPM, um, if, 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 I'm, if I'm jumping too far ahead, let me know. But SPM was founded um, after that in around 2010. We got married in 2006, and SPM was founded in 2010 because I felt like I needed to be a, a managing and more of an advocate, you know, I had to play more of an advisory role and still be involved in, in Christian rap or gospel rap, but in the advisory or managerial role um, to pour into your success. Because I, you know, I just felt led that that was the best way I could still contribute to gospel rap. This is before anything I'm doing today, way before all that. And at that time, um, I was signed to a label. Yep. Um, so my my situation was very complicated, but I had I had a certain type of deal with that label. And but Chris, Mr. C came into the picture and he said, well, you know, when you're married, you're sometimes your spouse will take either take a hands on approach or they will say, OK, I'll support you and whatever. But I'm not going to, you know, add my voice to whatever's going on. And so um, at a certain point, he said, you know what, I've got to take a hands-on approach. I've got to get involved because I want you to be successful because he had done music for a number of years and he understood the music business to a certain level. And he didn't like the way my music career had been going. So he, that's when he started Serious People Music. Um, and so he was able to, in a business way, uh, maneuver so that I could get out of that contract. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten out of that contract. So as a business mind, he was able to get me out of that contract. And then we were able to move forward on the Serious People Music. And then at that time, uh, the production side from More Beats came into play. So God just brought like these different pieces um, into play. And so for me as an artist, it was serious people music. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then come back. So folks, we're back. Um, coffee time with Sirius Voice. And this is the Serious People Music Takeover. So Mr. C, my last question for you as the head of the Serious People Music label. And by the way, people is spelled PPL um, for those listening who are not familiar with this label. Now, within the Christian rap um, community, you have God Over Money, you have History Music Group, you have Rich Records, you have Good Fight Coalition, you have Goatee um, Records. Where does Serious People Music fit into that whole scheme? Well, um, as far as I'm concerned, biblically, uh, I believe the Bible says your gift will make room for you. So Serious People Music may not fit in as far as a, I guess, I guess a, 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 I guess a carnal uh, description, but we fit in. Um, we fit in where we fit in. But what I will say is this. What I will say is that SPM, um, I believe our identity, our DNA, um, is a smash mouth DNA. We have a very aggressive tone when it comes to producing music. Um, 
our tone. I don't mean that we want to just offend you and make you just feel bad about yourself. What I'm what I'm saying though is that um, with any music you've done, with any music that I've heard Constant Battle and Maine um, engage in, uh, you know, I know they're new they're new to the label. Um, I I've seen nothing but straightforward, in your face, don't hold no punches type of music. Um, there is no pretty metaphoric way that SPM makes music. I don't think we know any other way to come at you, but straight, but straight way, as they would say, you know? So that's just where I see. I, I, I see us fitting in that way. I've heard other labels use satire. They use, um, you know, um, sarcasm. They use shock value. You know, I'm not going to call any other label, but I've studied um, the, the labels um, uh, that you mentioned. Um, a lot of uh, a, a lot of um, artists out there use a gimmicky type approach, and that's just not what SPM is about. We are about just straight lace bars, ministry, and just being in your face. And that's just all I can. Uh, that's the only way I can answer that question. Um, now I want to go straight to constant battle. Um, who you guys cannot see on this podcast, but he's wearing uh, the men's beautiful frames, also known as the the the, the unisex <laughs> frames, because for some reason women don't want to wear the women's frames; they want to wear the men's frames, and there's nothing wrong with that. You could buy them all up, um, but right now he's wearing the men's frames. Um, and constant battle. I'm going to say as a label mate. As a friend, uh, he is a team player. Constant Battle is a huge supporter of all things Christian rap. I have never seen a time where Constant Battle hated on any artist. I've never <laughs> seen a time where you said, well, I'm better than this one, so I don't want to be a part of this. You know, um, so I want to I want to toss the, the, the um, mic over to you, Constant Battle. What separates you from every other Christian rapper out there? Um... I, my genuine answer, excuse me, <clears throat> my genuine answer, I believe, is just my own sense of integrity and a sense of like, I, I genuinely try to be who I say I am. Uh, I genuinely try to, you know, uh, live when I'm rapping about, you know, that's not to say I don't make mistakes, that's not to say I don't falter, but that's even a part of it. Because you know, there's been songs where I say, you know, I'm I'm guilty too. I sin too. I make mistakes too. So I I genuinely believe that's it. Because like you, like Mr. C was saying, you know, some of these other artists out here be kind of gimmicky. You know, like like you were saying, some people be just not straight up. You know, they, I don't want to say being funny or flaky and all that, even though I just did. But like other artists, they putting on the act. In the sense of they have to be a certain way in front of certain people, where it's like, nah, I'm really me. Like I'm not trying to be this flashy person. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a superstar, if you will. In, in that sense, I don't want to be put on this pedestal that some people are going to put me on anyway, just because I'm an artist. But I don't want to be put myself on that pedestal. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm real. I'm relatable. I'm human. I make mistakes like you do, but that's why I feel like this is going to be harder hitting for you. Because when you see a person like you and I go through stuff like you, but somehow I still get through it and I still have hope and I still have faith, that's going to pique your interest. Like, yo, how is he still that same person? How has he never switched up? How has he never changed? And now that's going to open up that dialogue 
you know, for whatever needs to open up, you know, to introduce you to Christ, to reaffirm your belief in Christ, whatever it may be. You said, like, you never see me, like, hate another artist or anything. Honestly, because I don't have to. In the sense of, like, it doesn't matter what accolades or what things you've done. That's not going to affect me and my ministry. So I have no problem supporting other people and giving props to other people and showing up for other people because one, it shows support, which we all, how many artists cry about? We got to support each other. We got to have unity, blah, blah, blah. I'm showing you, yes, I support you. I'm showing the people, yes, I support what's going on. And secondly, like I just said, it's not going to affect me in any negative way. So it's like, why, why not? Maine, what has kept you from getting into a fist fight with Mr. C? Like real talk. Because <laughs> you know uh, these these little independent labels, you know they keep stuff in yeah, house, and every time the two of you get together, you know it's like big brother, little brother type of thing. So you know, uh, I know inquiring like minds want to know what has kept yeah. Wayne and Mr. C from going at it. He lives in New York City. It's a long drive. It's never, <laughs> it's, it's, it's never too far. Drive. It's never too far, and we do a and we do I'm enough. Not about to drive. We are never too far, and we do enough I'm not about events. To drive we do enough events. Hours. <laughs> I'm not about to drive six and a half hours just to fight somebody. But also, I don't have a vehicle. Um, I, honestly, I thought you were going to say what has kept me from getting into a fist fight with constant battle because that is more likely than any fight I could ever be in. I want to. I want that to be clear. Um, but yeah, just you know, distance. That's the answer. On a serious note, um, as a new signing to this independent label, what? Where would you like to see yourself, say, a year from now? Realistically, where would you like to see yourself? Because a lot of artists say, especially Christian rappers. They want to be signed. They want to be a part of a family. They want a community that backs them, that supports them. So now you have this backing, you have this support. Where do you want to be a year from now? It's a cheesy answer, but I want to, I want to see what God can do. I want to see what God has in store for us. Um, really, my main goal is to, to get to a point where I'm doing more musically, uh, where I'm producing a better quality uh, a higher quality of lyric as well as a higher quality of ministry. I want to get to a point where the ministry is undeniable. And even if I'm not specifically saying something uh, scripture-based, I want people to recognize what's going on. And I think that can be achieved uh, as I'm getting into my word more and everything like that. Okay, constant battle. When you hear people say, just random people say, oh, you do that Christian rap thing? That's corny. What is your immediate response? <laughs> to laugh, because <laughs> I know it's not true. Like, so I'm, I laugh because it's like, like I said, it's not true, but also like, who, who have you heard? And nine times out of 10, they haven't heard real Christian hip hop. Like, I've had people really give me examples of, like, Toby Mac. He's not hip-hop. Kurt Franklin, in my opinion, is not hip-hop. He's an awesome artist, in my opinion. Kurt Franklin, Kurt let me let me say that. Let me get to Kurt Franklin want to be a rapper so bad. Yeah. But, he, like, he's not. Kurt Franklin he's not. is not. Exactly. 
So, so when you hear these examples, like, you know, like somebody was like really trying to make a case, like Toby Mac is such an awesome Christian hip hop artist. I was like, Toby Mac is not a Christian hip hop artist. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So, you know, when you hear examples like that, it, it shows you where their mindset is or what experience they had. It's either that or, or they've only heard, heard quote unquote local artists, no matter what city you're in, they've heard their local artists. And they're either not serious, not skilled, or not serious about ministry. Because, you know, Cassie, you know, it's a lot of artists out there that's doing Christian hip hop because they couldn't survive the secular, as they say, which I think, personally, Christian hip hop are tired, but we ain't going to get into that. Um, but because they couldn't make it in that secular world, they come over here and they just try to throw Jesus in a bar, or God in a bar here and there, but they're not really living the life. They're not really in their word. They're not really, you know, saying trying to be about it. So people look at them as clowns and they don't take it serious. So it's yeah. either they're dealing with that or they're dealing with people that's just not that good. They shouldn't be doing it to begin with because this is not everybody's ministry. Or like I said, they just they haven't heard real hip hop. They've only heard Toby Mack and Kirk Franklin. I just want to just uh, state uh, that something has been happening, at least visibly over the last, I'm going to say five to seven years, when a lot of Christian hip hop artists can't hack it. They can't, they can't hold on to that rope of accountability that they're under, and they can't really um, subject themselves to pressing toward the mark. I'm not saying living perfectly or quote-unquote living right, but pressing toward the mark like the Bible says. You know what they do? Oh, nobody supports me. I quit, and I go to secular. So a lot of secular artists are doing secular music because they couldn't survive the Christian hip-hop gauntlet. It's harder in the Christian rap world. Um, but I think it depends on who it is personally. I think it depends on their heart outside of the music. Um, I might get shot for this, but DMX has a gospel record on every one of his albums. I don't know about the last one because I haven't listened to it. You Can you confirm that? I don't even know about the last. I, I feel like he did, but I'll, I've only listened to it once because that's not a DMX album, in my opinion. Like, he passed exactly. a bunch of features on every track, and I'm, yeah. it's not a real DMX album. Like, I listened to it once, and then it was like, I like these two songs, and those are like the only two songs I listen to. And and you know what? I can even say this, and people can argue with me all day, every day, and I will maintain my stance. Lauren Hill's only album, and I only consider Miseducation to be her only album, because believe it or not, Lauren Hill released, I believe, two other albums after the Miseducation, but nobody even looked, nobody even looked or listened or paid attention, as you would say, to the two projects that she released after. As far as I'm concerned, and as far as the hip-hop community is concerned, she only released one album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And believe it or not, I will say this, and and again, I'm going to say people can argue with me about this and I will maintain my stance. Miseducation of Lauren Hill is more Christian and has more, more biblical lessons than the majority of the Christian rap albums that we hear today. I want y'all to really ponder on that and go back and listen to the album and let's, let's have a, a discussion on it. And that's the crazy part that there are people who want to 
be in a certain genre and be successful. And when they get to a point where, where, where they're tired or they're not making enough money or they're not advancing quickly enough, they say, oh, let me do that Christian rap thing. Cause you know, they already corny, but I'm skilled at this. So let me, my name is Eminem. Let me go drop a Christian hip hop song. And they just going to eat it up and it's going to chart. It's going to be number one on the charts and they're going to think I'm a Christian. And I had this conversation on Instagram just last night, just because you do a Christian rap song and just because you hear John 316 on it, does that mean that the person that's delivering John 316 is saved, Holy Ghost, filled, water baptized? Can we argue on this point? Does his life reflect what he's saying? Because it's not just about what we say, it's how we live. It's, it's not really much of an argument, though. So I'm pretty sure, at least for the most part, the three of us going to agree with you. So at least for the most part. So, I mean, it's, it's an argument to be <laughs> had, but not with us. <laughs> Mr. C just passed me the offering. <laughs> you know what? If you don't stop. So <laughs> he, he just heard a sermon, so he's passing the offering plate around. I just wanted to put that out there in that no matter what lane you're in, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Know what your lane is, because there's a lot of gospel artists who do secular music, and there's nothing wrong with being a Christian and doing secular music. Because even someone like Fantasia, for example, Fantasia does a secular show, but somehow, every time she does it, she, she asks the audience. I've seen numerous videos where she's like, you know what, guys? I really feel, feel led to do this one gospel song. Can y'all allow me to just do this? And, and everybody's like, go ahead. And she begins to minister more. She ministers, she ministers on a higher level than a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors out there who need to give up the job and go get a real job. And I am just like, my God. So Fantasia needs to continue to do what she's doing because God is using her on that secular platform. Because a lot of people have been saying, oh, she should leave secular and become this full-blown um, gospel artist. And I don't think that's what God wants for her because she's able to minister to the love, which is the point. The point is to minister to the unsaved. Now, going back to the two of you as Christian hip hop artists under the Serious People music label, what sort of mantra, what sort of takeaway can you impart on the next uh, signees to the label? What can you say to people who are, you know, maybe questioning, uh, should I approach the folks at SPM? Um, or should I approach God over money? Should I approach Reed? Should I approach, you know, any of the Christian hip hop labels? There's, there's, <laughs> I could do a whole video on a whole video or lecture or whatever on this by myself, but there's a couple of things I'm going to say. Hopefully I'm not going to say anything mean is thinking, but I'm going to say there's a couple of things. First and foremost, don't even focus on approaching anybody in particular. Study the different labels, see what they're about, see if you will actually fit in with them. Because even before SPM, there were certain labels that it was like, I think I could work with them. I would like to work with them. Or even though I'm a fan, I don't fit in there. For example, uh, cross movement and reach. At one point in time, almost everybody wanted to be signed to cross movement. I always felt like I wouldn't fit in with that roster. Reach records were the same. I was a fan. But I felt like I wouldn't fit in with the Reach Records roster. So do your research, study, see if you would even be a good fit. Secondly, um, 
again, as opposed to worrying about approaching them, well, make sure you do it right. If you're going to approach them, make sure your business is on point. Make sure you got certain stats, numbers, details, whatever, whatever. But I feel like it would be much better to just garner a relationship with those people. Like me specifically, not even not even counting Maine because, you know, he met them a few years later. I've known the two of you, Sirius Voice and Mr. C, for 11 years now. We just met at a show. You know, we're not going to get into that story because we, you know, we talk about it enough and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But we met at a show. I, I think I think you can let because this podcast is being listened uh, to by people in places that will probably never touch um, Romania, right. you know, Lithuania, um, you know, all kinds of places that I can't even pronounce. So let them hear the story. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna try to sum summarize it because maybe saying I'll be talking too much. Anyway, uh, so like I said, we met at a show 11 years ago here in Buffalo, New York, right? Um, a person that was essentially my roommate at the time uh, was throwing his concert here in Buffalo. He didn't take care of them the way he should have. Because like I said, I'm trying to summarize. I did my best to make sure I did take care of them in a way that I felt was appropriate and knew how, and trying not to overstep boundaries because it wasn't my show. So, you know, I was just doing things like making sure they had water, making sure they had sweat towels, it was in the summer, making sure they were straight on where they needed to stay. And, you know, I was just, in my opinion, genuinely ministering because I'm serving. I'm making sure the artists are okay. So just the same way as like, I was making sure the crowd is okay. Hey, how y'all doing? Thank you for coming out because I'm always greeting people when they come to shows. So I'm sure y'all all know this. You know, making sure the chairs were set up, making sure all that was done. At the same time, I was making sure the artists were taken care of. And that was just, that's just how I am. Again, it wasn't even my show. It wasn't my job or responsibility, but they took notice and we started a friendship way before a business relationship. And we had, like I said, a friendship for 11 years. Well, technically 10 by the time I signed with them. But, you know, at the time we, had, we were friends for, let's say, 10 and a half years. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take 10 and a half years, <laughs> but I am saying garner a relationship with people you think are on a label that you would like to be, you know, involved with on a business end. So my first suggestion, I would say, is to and I'm, I'm getting ready to preach a sermon on this study. The scripture says study to show thyself approved, which really just means that. As you read more scripture, as you learn more scripture, as you apply more scripture, things start to fall into place. Um, and, and that's because you're focused on what God has to say for you and what God has for you. And then after you've studied and continue studying, like don't stop studying just because it's like, all right, I've studied enough. Let me go get on the label. Keep on studying because uh, what then happens is, um, what word am I looking for? God will start to speak to you and God will put you in certain positions as you're listening to him more. And as you're reading the word more, you'll hear him more. And God will put you in a position where this is the deal for you. So it won't necessarily be about um, like, oh, this is the label that I like. Let me go. Let me go see about signing with him, because it might be something that God has for you on a different scale, not even a different scale, a, a separate scale that would be more beneficial for you than what you're thinking to 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 go to. Uh, me personally, I've thought about Reach Records, but I also know 
that, uh, like Constant Battle was saying, I wouldn't fit in. Even more so than me not fitting in, I just, I wouldn't feel like this is just, it's just not it. It just wouldn't be it for me because I'm, I want to preach a harsher gospel. I don't want to preach the cookie cutter stuff. I don't want to dip my toe into, you know, these are the bad things that happened in the Bible and this is how we overcome it. I want to know. Let's 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 dig into the word and let's open up the word for people who are never gonna read it. It really just comes back to reading your word more so than anything else. I'm rich, I'm rich. I ain't talking about money, I'm just blessed for all the things that God has for me. I'm rich, I'm rich. I ain't talking about And then applying yourself to, to hear from God and allow for him to put you in the right position. But when I listen to your new release, I'm rich, right off the bat, Maine hits you in, in the gut. I think personally, us <laughs> as a label, we do a good balance. Yeah. Um, I don't know how conscious it is personally, because me, I... I'm specifically working to put more scripture into my my verses and lyrics and everything. But I also know that there's always been scripture and everything like that, uh, of course. But I think that because like listening to Beautiful, like it has the times where you are taking scripture and applying it. Um, and, and, and another thing. I think what's good about what we do as a as a label, it's not like all over your head, you know. Yeah. This is cool, you know. We're rapping really cool, but if you actually listen, you go and get the scripture. And if you don't actually listen, you go and get the scripture, and you just go on. You just go and feel it later. And I think that's what's important. Like I get people. Like uh, serious voice, I shared the Connecticut show. No, it wasn't Connecticut. Massachusetts show. Springfield. Yeah. Yeah, and the like, I shared it with my dad. And the one thing he said was, "Ooh, he." I, I don't. I think he said, "Girl, no disrespect." But he was like, "That girl." She said, "Uh, she said something about oil." That that got me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the goal. Um, but when you cook when you ain't say, got no uh, oil. how you cooking when <laughs> you ain't got yeah. no oil? Yeah, on bars. Like that's, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's simple stuff. It's simple stuff that really gets people. And we, I don't know, we just do it right. I think, and uh, you know, I would hope. And I wish that more people would listen and, and take notice, but we just do it right. So, yeah, I definitely um, share that sentiment, I, even more specifically that I feel like we have a good balance with it. We're not beating you over the head with like Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. We put the, the theology in there. This is how it's applicable in real life, whether it be our own personal testimony, whether it be a story, whether it be, you know, whatever the case may be. So it was like we're 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 almost always preaching. It's sermonettes. Cause you know, like the whole time when somebody's preaching, it's not just read this verse, I read this verse, I read this verse. It's like, all right, take a verse, now let me explain what's happening or how this applies or what it is. So 
in which case most people consider sermonettes anyway, but we're genuinely giving you sermonettes. We're genuinely giving you something that you could take and, and meditate on and see how it applies to you, whether it be consciously or subconsciously. Uh, but I, I definitely do agree that it's a very good balance between uh, theology and testimony and apply, making it applicable to real life. And you guys, you know, throwing the hip hop, you know, you can't, for people listening, if you're a connoisseur of hip hop and you listen to Constant Battle in Maine, you will hear hip hop from the jump. You know, um, I had to like rewind Maine's verse a few times to get some of the, the words that he was saying. <laughs> so I could really, cause there's a, there's a point in that, in your first verse in, in I'm rich. I'm like, oh, well, what did he just say? Because if you're not paying attention, it'll just fly by. Um, and that's important because I did ask the question about people saying Christian rap being corny. But in 2022, people should no longer be allowed to say Christian rap is corny because I think that they limit themselves when they say that. And, and I agree with you, Constant Battle. They're not listening to the right people. And I think they need to tap into what's happening at Serious People Music because these two guys right here, they have their own individual catalogs and they also have a new single called I'm Rich. But what's next for you guys? Uh, more people wrong in that aspect. Some old Christian yeah. rappers corny. Actually, listen, true story. I know someone who literally said to me that Christian rap is supposed to be corny. And I was like, why? Why? But, and again, his, and, and it's so funny because he said it because I have played, look, Gravity had just dropped and I played uh, Violent and Faking. And he said, that's not Christian rap. That's what he means, it's not Christian rap. He said, it can't be because those songs are high. Christian rap is supposed to be corny. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why do you feel like that? And you know what he told me? He, he gave me some examples. All the songs he gave, examples he gave me was like praise and worship songs. I'm like, none of those songs aren't even rap. But to go into what you were just saying, what's next? Like I said, proving more people wrong. But also, as Maine said, taking it to a larger territory in the sense of when people hear it, they cannot deny the ministry in it. That's what I mean by enlarging that territory, like taking it to, to you know, greater works. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's about spreading it to Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem instead of to the ends of the earth, you know what I mean? Anywhere where they're willing to play this music, I wanted to be able to touch the, not only the ears, but the hearts and the minds of the people that are willing to give it a listen. And I want them to not be able to deny, yo, this label is serious about the gospel and I need to know more about them because if they know more about us, they're gonna to come to know more about Christ. If they know, come to know more about Christ, they're gonna to want to find out how can they be involved. So that, that's my goal the next year is to just expand and enlarge that territory and let people know that this is serious ministry. I like so that, guys. What's next is uh, more music. So, because I, I feel like he didn't say that. Uh, we're going to be doing some more music. And we're going to be showing the people, first and foremost, how to do it and how to be. We're going to show people how to be lyrical, lyrical, but still have the biblical sus substance that's necessary. Um, simply because, like, besides the fact that we do this as ministry, I think that the 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 message that me and him him and I convey is a little bit larger than 
just music, like literally just from our relationship, like because um, we're able to come together and people always talk about how we have such a good chemistry. And it's just it, I don't we I can't put my finger on it. We don't know why it happened. And I think that because of the fact that we both have a kindred spirit in ministering the gospel in an effective way, in the best way that we know how and doing it at the highest caliber that we can, it just works. And we are approaching um, the end of this episode, but I want to go around and I want to ask everybody here on Coffee Time, we always want to know if you're a part of the hot coffee team. (laughs) And I would be mindful of the fact that we don't like people who drink cold coffee around here. There's only one person that's allowed to drink cold coffee, and that's Costa Battle. So let's go around and y'all know, y'all know I'm the president of the hot coffee team. That's disgusting. Listen, all I'm going to say is I am converting my wife. She has been asking for iced coffee more and more. I think it's going to stop, though, because obviously we're getting the fall and winter. So she'll want the hot coffee, of course, because it's colder. But watch, come, come spring, she'll be like, yeah, I think I'll team iced coffee now. So, like, even, but for me, even in the fall and winter, I prefer, I just prefer my coffee ices to the hot. I drink hot coffee. I usually don't like it. I always text series like, man, I got a hot coffee, man. It sucks. <laughs> but That's I'm disgusting. Man. Hot. Mr. C. Any flavor. Yeah. Any flavor. Oh. Hot or cold. Hot or cold. Coffee time. Coffee time. (laughs) Listen, fellas, I thank you all so much for coming on Coffee Time. It's been great. This has been a Serious People Music uh, takeover. And we are going to wrap up with the Coffee Time theme song. Thank you all so much. And we will catch you on the next one.